The concept of retirement in this country is broken. We work ourselves to death and miss out on so many of life's experiences. David Adams is a certified financial planner and CPA, founder of David Adams Wealth Group, an independent practice with securities offered through Raymond James Inc., member FINRA SIPC. He's here to help you develop a better way of managing your money. This is Retire While You Work. Hello, welcome. I am David Adams, and this is Retire While You Work. You can hear us every Sunday on News Radio 1510 WLAC from 5 to 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in. You can always go to retirewhileyouwork.com and you can submit us a question. We'd love to hear from you throughout the week. We'll do our best to answer it. Or always give us a call at the office at 615-435-3644. Again, thanks for tuning in. We've got a couple special guests. We have Siobhan Farler, who's one of the wealth managers in our office and also our COO. Hello, Siobhan. Hello, David. It's good to be back. Glad to have you back. And then we have our special guest today, uh, former Mayor Carl Dean. How are you? Good, good, good to be here. Thanks for joining us today. It's going to be great. Uh, great show today. We're going to interview Mayor Dean in our last segment, so you won't want to miss that. And uh, Mayor Dean is currently running for governor of this great state of Tennessee. So a lot to talk about in relation to Tennessee and Nashville in particular and its growth. And uh, Carl Dean led the city of Nashville to unprecedented economic prosperity that it's been experiencing and continues to experience today. And as mayor for eight years, he led the city through devastating floods of 2010. Can't believe that's already been seven years. Seems like it was yesterday. Definitely have some questions about that for you. What a time. Uh, And Nashville came out stronger as a result. It was really remarkable. And Carl's pragmatic approach to leadership focused on jobs, education, and public safety. He kept taxes low while making significant investments in public infrastructure, paving the way for the new economic development that we're seeing uh, specifically here in Davidson County. So you'll want to stay tuned throughout the show as we talk to uh, Mayor Dean and ask him questions regarding things like work-life balance in the political arena as he uh, manages a family and also as well as the growth here in Nashville and how it affects all of us. And I can't forget our popular segment of the show every week, the Know Your Dough segment, where we're going to have some fun trivia this week. It's going to be more about Tennessee than money, maybe a little bit of money thrown in there. We're going to ask some questions to Mayor Dean, Siobhan, and Jimmy, our producer. Have a little fun with that and hopefully have a chance to answer some of your questions that we received throughout the week. So a lot to cover in a short time, so let's get right to it. Now, if you've been listening to the show regularly, then you know that we have a passion for really changing the conversation of how retirement is viewed in this country. The word retirement is an antiquated term, in my opinion. We don't want our clients working themselves to death until they're 60 or 65, whatever the age, and then finally retiring and saying, now I can live. And we had uh, a guest, Tom Truitt, on the show recently talking about his near-death experience at 50. Was it a triple bypass at 50? Yes. How yes. that changed his life. And that was a very remarkable testimony. And then also my father, who went through something similar in his early 60s and was forced to retire. Uh, we really want our uh, our clients and also you, our listener, and all of you out there to find ways to enjoy life while you work, retiring while you work. That's the point of the show. And part of that is enjoying where you live and location, just like we talk to clients about real estate all the time. It's location, location, location. So where do you want to live? Do you, Where do you enjoy living? Do you want to be near your work? Do you want to be near your children's schools or both or, or maybe neither? And how does this one decision of location affect your ability to retire while you work? Now, We've talked a lot about in our previous shows dealing with trade-offs. Now, you could own a house, for example, in urban Nashville, 
you know, for a million dollars with maybe 0.1, acre lot, which like you see out here around uh, our office out in 12th yes. South, you know, a million dollars will buy you a very small lot, but you're close to all the excitement and likely you experience higher appreciation on your investment, or at least you have over the past five to 10 years. And you have the buzz of the city around you. Absolutely. And you can, you know, you're a few miles away or a short Uber ride from all the action, or you can um, buy a similar house in the suburbs with maybe half an acre lot, maybe half a million bucks. Um, but you have to deal with the traffic. And we'll right. talk a little bit about that. Um, unless you're a homebody or have a home office, or you can move to the country and maybe you get five acres for even less than that. So there's a lot of trade-offs. And with Nashville really becoming the it city, um, I, I think I saw a Census Bureau study the other day. It was 80 to 90, maybe even 100 people a day that are moving here. Carl, can you believe that? That's pretty impressive. But, that you know, it's a very attractive city. I think it's got a high quality of life, obviously a strong economy, um, very temperate weather, which is a, a big draw for folks. And it's, I think it's more interesting than most places. It's just a lot to do here and a lot to, lot to see. We have Abs- a lot to offer. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. I mean, from the music, obviously, and now, I mean, like the Predators this year. I mean, what an exciting day we had. Um, was it Bonnaroo and the Preds and the Stanley Cup and all in the same day? Oh, yeah, yeah. CMA. CMA going on and the Stanley Cup going on. The downtown was packed. It's, it uh, just shows you the strength of the city and and also why people want to visit here so much. Absolutely. I heard there's like 250,000 people came for the 4th of July fireworks. I don't know the numbers, but it's, uh, you know, our fireworks get bigger every year. And I think this year they can uh, make a strong claim to being the largest in the country. Yeah, definitely. Wow. wow. So you think we can keep this up? Yeah, I think Nashville's fundamentals are are very strong, and obviously the national economy has a lot to do with uh, what happens. But, you know, we have a very diverse economy. I think we have an economy which is benefited by the fact that we're a state capital. You can't underestimate the importance of uh, the universities and colleges, which is a constant flow of new people and uh, new ideas. I think the music industry is fantastic for the city. It's you know it's the great creative economy. There, absolutely, people, people's talent, their skill is what their is their capital. Uh, so there's a lot of basic strengths here um, that and, with healthcare and others too that will keep us moving forward. I think. Yep, I agree. Well, all of these things that we're going to discuss today apply to any city, no matter where you're listening. But since, of course, we have former Mayor Dean on the show today, and this is our home city, we're going to be focusing. On Nash Vegas, as Woo-hoo. they call it, <laughs> in old Nash Vegas. Now, as I mentioned, uh, one of the trade-offs is deciding if you move to Nashville, where do you want to live in Nashville? The suburbs and work downtown, that could be, uh, maybe that's an hour commute at least, or do you want to attempt to pay the escalating prices to live downtown? Now, Carl, I've seen record prices on some downtown condos at $1,000 $1, a foot, and home selling in uh, the area where our office is and where I live in the Belmont 12 South area for four and $500 a foot. Isn't that wild? <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's remarkable, and and you get, need to think back now because things weren't always this way. Uh, remember, we went through the Great Recession. Yes. I remember yeah. having many conversations with people who couldn't believe they were building these condominiums because they would never sell. Yep. And I, everybody probably wishes they'd bought in ten units back then. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, the city has been on an upward trajectory, and obviously, real estate has responded to that. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take our first break. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We're talking with former Mayor Carl Dean. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about Nashville and the growth that it's experiencing. Back in a few.
Hello, welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just before the break, we were speaking with former mayor and gubernatorial candidate Carl Dean about Nashville and the rapid growth growth that we've been experiencing over the past five to ten years. Now, uh, we were just talking about um, the condos and how some of the prices have hit a thousand dollars a foot. And back during the Great Recession, um, there's there absolute auctions down there in the Gulch. There, yes, yeah. Well, so, I mean, you saw we went through a period like the rest of the country where there was a, a big economic pullback. And I recall very well that, you know, construction just stopped and new projects weren't going forward. But, again, going back to Nashville's diversity of its economy and I think uh, the fact that the city was willing to invest in itself and things like the Music City Center, the Convention Center, um, the the strength of certain sectors of our economy. We came out of the recession earlier than others and we came out of it stronger um, and then I think you saw uh, beginning, um, you know, shortly after the, the recession ended nationwide or shortly before that, uh, the city just took off. And it's right. been sort of on a five-year, six-year upward uh, shot right now that has been very positive uh, overall in terms of new jobs being created and new opportunities for people. And I have so many clients coming to me saying, you know, it, it can't keep up. Do we need to sell our property. And the first thing I say is, where are you going to go? Because <laughs> it's expensive everywhere. But so, you know, you have to, like you said in the first segment, you have to look at the fundamentals. I mean, there's demand. People are moving here every day. We have industries that are growing. I mean, that that doesn't that doesn't indicate a, the, the peak of a market or a house of cards, if you will. Right. No, I, I think just in terms of like long-term investing, Nashville would be a good bet. Um, I think, I agree. It, you know, obviously there will, there are times when the business cycle will come around again. But Nashville will, uh, I think, no matter what, um, will go through some patches where it might be a little rougher, but we'll come out moving forward again. I agree. Now, now, are the incomes keeping up with the housing market? You know, are young workers going to be able to afford it? There's tons of apartments going up everywhere as a result of this. You know, but I wonder sometimes, are we going to be like Los Angeles, where it takes, you know, uh, someone in their till they're 45 to be able to afford a house, you know? Yeah, I think, obviously... Um, there are concerns that as the city is more popular, the population grows, people particularly want to be in the core, that those areas have become particularly expensive. And I think the thing you have to be mindful of, and I know that uh, uh, the mayor's office is, is looking at this, is ways to make sure that there's affordable housing for pe- people who are working in the city and need to live close to the city. Uh, those are important considerations. But you know, if you look at a city overall, the fact that people want to live in the city, the fact that real estate is strong, is a good statement. I mean, you could have a city where people don't want to live, where real estate is not strong, and that probably means that there are other fundamental structural problems, be it crime or something else, underneath that is creating that. Nashville is in a good spot because it's got a lot of good things going for it. People want to be here, and you see the resulting demand on, on real estate. Now, there are opportunities um, you know, m- moving out of the core, of course, people might find uh, maybe not bargains, but uh, more affordable um, prices. Right. And my sister, you know, we I grew up in Memphis and my sister and my niece and nephew, they're all still in Memphis. And they were considering moving to Nashville. And she asked me the question, you know, where can we get something like we have here? A house that's around, you know, it's, it's 4,000 square feet, uh, $300,000 right next to a good school, no traffic and close to a, you know, a hospital. Like she basically, she was asking, can we live close to Vanderbilt? Have a good, you know, go to a school right around the corner. 
not have traffic and that, get a house for three. That would be the 000. dream here in Nashville. Yeah, but that's just not. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's but that, those are the questions that you see from um, yeah. a lot of the millennials as well, right? Just wanting to move here. So, but you, I mean, I know you've been uh, in Nashville since the early '80s, and with being mayor, I'm certain you've seen Nashville as a whole change. And there's always been people living downtown, but there seems to be a surge in the last decade, as we were talking about, of houses, condos, and apartments. So what do you think the biggest shift has been to draw people to live, work, and really play in the downtown area, the urban core, as well, we Well, really, it? up till around the 1990s, the city almost actively discouraged people from living downtown. Okay. And then you began to see a couple of condo projects and a few apartment complexes or buildings be built. I remember uh, all that. You did not live in downtown Nashville. No, no one did. And and I think what's happened is, and a lot of it ties into, I think, the music industry, the the, the growth of live music downtown, the some major investments in terms of things like the convention center or the country music hall of fame that create activity that people just want to be there and there and that's a national trend that people young people millennials in particular are attracted to the core of the city and then right. you have the universities so close too and so it was a natural thing to have happened and it really took off i'd say in the last 10 years and we've reached sort of critical mass of people downtown where you're going to start having more and more services to help people who live downtown in terms of grocery stores and barbershops and all the other things you need. Uh, and Nashville's a unique city because unlike almost every other city its size or many, many that are larger, there is an active nightlife in Nashville every night. Every I mean, night. Every right. night. I mean, there yeah. are, there, there are and people And you can see there. something different every night. Right. So, and eat at a different restaurant every night. Right. <laughs> so it is, a good, it is a good city to live downtown in. And you have access to the river and you have parks. And, and those investments, I think, are, are, are good things for the city long term. Well, and I grew up uh, in Memphis, as we were talking about before the show, and it seemed like when I was growing up, and this just might have been my perception then, the way I remember it, was Memphis was kind of the it city and Nashville was a little bit behind. And um, what do you think it really calls that reversal? Well, I think with Nashville, it was a lot of things coming together. I mean, you've had um, uh, certain industry sectors, for instance, you know, we're very much a healthcare center here in Middle Tennessee, and healthcare is such an important part of the U.S. economy now. A lot of the solutions and a lot of the services are provided here in Nashville. That's been a huge boost. The music industry, the the hospitality industry has been strong. The universities have been incredibly strong. Vanderbilt, Belmont, Lipscomb oh, yeah. are all doing so well. Uh, so all those things have kind of come together, and then we just sort of reached a point where we hit takeoff, and, and we took off uh, five or six years ago, which has been a, a, a wonderful thing to watch. Absolutely. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And we're here talking today with former mayor and gubernatorial candidate Carl Dean about Nashville and its growth and also uh, about Tennessee as well. Now, all of this that we've been talking about really fits into the Retire While You Work mindset. Picking where you want to live and then living there, it just isn't or it's not just about having a place to lay your head at night. It's really about the community that you build, riding your bikes with your kids to get ice cream or going to the farmer's market or a festival or a music venue or neighborhood block party. And we really want to encourage you to not just work yourself to death, but to enjoy where you live and shop and spend time with family and friends. That's what's important. Now, um, I have a question for you, a big question we get all the time, especially from um, or just in conversation with clients about the growth in Nashville is the uh, infrastructure. And, you know, is it going to be able to keep up in the traffic? And these are all things that 
all big cities go through. But is there? Well, well I think clearly Nashville needs to be investing in um, more mass transit, whether it be bus services or light rail or bus rapid transit. But there needs to be transit alternatives that people can use to help reduce traffic. I mean, I don't think we're in a position anymore where we can just keep building more roads within the core of the city right. uh, to change traffic patterns. And so that that has to happen. And I think there's the political will there to to get that done. Um, in terms of other infrastructure, I think Nashville, you look at other cities, Nashville is definitely blessed by having enough water. A lot of cities in the United States are challenged with uh, not having adequate water resources. Uh, we're blessed with a lot of water, and sometimes it's a problem. <laughs> but in general, it is, it is one of the things that really allows our economy to keep, to, to keep humming along. And I think we've, as a city, have um, done well at uh, maintaining our infrastructure, and we need to do that. I think you, once you stop maintaining your infrastructure, that, that will lead to even greater problems. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, there's. I've been doing this as a wealth manager for about 15 years, and one thing that we do when we're dealing with clients is we try to set aside money for um, for fun stuff like travel and vacations. And there's just um, there's so much to do in Nashville within uh, just all over Tennessee, but within Nashville, of an hour or two, you could keep yourself busy all the time. I mean, what oh. what is your favorite? What are your favorite things to do around the city? Well, I think. I mean, I love the parks. It's probably my, my favorite thing in the greenways. But, you know, looking at it from at what a visitor would do, I think if you come to Nashville and you stay downtown, you are so close to everything. I mean, you, you think if you come to a convention, you're like two blocks from the Honky Tonks. You're across the street from the Country Music Hall of Fame. You're three blocks from the Ryman. you got direct river access, oh, yeah. uh, what you can do there. I mean, you can just stay in the downtown area, have lots of restaurants, have, as we mentioned, great music, great museums, uh, and you wouldn't have to have a car. Absolutely. All right, we're about to take another break. You're listening to Retire Where You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, and we're speaking with former mayor and gubernatorial candidate Carl Dean. Back in a few. Hello, and welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just before the break, we were speaking with former mayor and gubernatorial candidate, Mr. Carl Dean. And also, we have in studio today with us Siobhan Farler from our office, our COO. Glad to have you both here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, we've talked a lot about Tennessee and Nashville and all of the growth. Let's play a little. Uh, little trivia. Y'all up for it? I'm up for it. Let's do it. Sure. (laughs) It's time now for the game that tests your money knowledge. Brought to you by David Adams Wealth Group. And now here's the host of Know Your Dough, David Adams. All right. So Know Your Dough this week is going to be more like Know Your State. We're going to do a little Tennessee trivia. Oh boy. All right. So just a couple warm-up questions here. So um, let's start with... Who was the governor of Tennessee who was also the first president to be impeached? Andrew Johnson. Siobhan? Um, Andrew Johnson, yeah. Right, that's just a warm-up. <laughs> Jimmy, who would you say? I'm sound? definitely going to go with Andrew Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you're smart on that one. Okay. I didn't even do multiple choice there. So, okay, that's just getting you warmed up. All right. Well, we had one out of three shot. There's only been three from Tennessee. So. All right. So what city is the real birthplace of country music? Is it A, Nashville, B, Knoxville, C, Bristol, or D, Paris, Tennessee? 
Well, I don't care what the right answer is. I'm going to say Nashville. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Bristol since my daughter is named Bristol. So I'm going to okay. go. Okay. All right. My dad was a huge country music fan. It's got to be Bristol. It is Bristol. And I, yeah. Yes. I think a lot of uh, a lot of us would be surprised to hear that. I would have said Nashville, but I'm with I you. I would have said Nashville <laughs> if, if Bristol wasn't the choice. Yes. I would have said uh, Nashville. That's um, interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. Yep. All right. Who was born in Tennessee? Who of the following was born in Tennessee and what city? Um, yes. So who who of the following people were born in Tennessee? And if you know the answer, what city? That's for extra credit. Um, was it A, Davy Crockett, B, Jerry Lee Lewis, C, Elvis Presley, or D, Johnny Cash? He was born in Tennessee. Siobhan, give it a whirl. I'm going to say Johnny Cash because I think Elvis was actually born in like Mississippi or Arkansas. Okay. So John. Elvis was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, right? I think so. And the other one's Jerry Lee. Jerry Lee Lewis and Davy Crockett. I'll go with Davy Crockett. Okay, Jimmy. Davy Crockett was the first choice, correct? Davy Crockett was the first. That's choice. the that's the answer. Because <laughs> I know the other two, three, and four were not okay. born in Tennessee. It is Davy Crockett. Anybody <laughs> want to ah! guess where he was born? It's got probably East Tennessee somewhere. Greenville, Tennessee. Greenville. Well. Yep, yep, yep. Right. I'm going to be singing the Davy Crockett song now the rest of the day. It's going to be stuck in my head. All right, so I'm going to roll now. What is the longest radio show in history? And I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. It's based here in Tennessee. Wow. Oh. It's not um, It's not Retire While You Work. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Ole Opry on AM 650. Okay. I would go with that. Did you go with that? Jim? I'm going to go with that. It started in 1925. And it was, you know, the bonus round, what it was called originally? I don't. It was 1925. And the it WSM was... Barn Dance. Okay. Oh, I'm the radio called. producer. First couple so, of years. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And it was, you know what nights it aired on? Um, it I'm Sundays? Gonna, I'm going to guess Saturday. It was Friday and Saturday evenings, yeah. and it's the longest radio show in history. I wouldn't have known that. Wow. All right. Another question. Uh-oh. Jack Daniels, no surprise, made his fortune in Lynchburg, Tennessee. So we all know that part. How did he die? Was it A, of a heart attack? B, falling off the whiskey warehouse building. C, kicking a safe and the wound getting infected. Or D, a tragic car accident. Oh. Yeah, this is no warm-up anymore. All I can say is easy. I got this one. You know, okay, well. <laughs> you mean tell you? He kicked a safe. He kicked a safe? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with kicked a safe, just because that's the most outrageous <laughs> what choice is there. Kicked a safe? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did, did you have another answer? No, I didn't have an answer. To that. <laughs> it is actually kicking a safe, no and the wound got infected. It got infected. Wow. It, it became little... turned into gangrene, and he was just being stubborn and didn't get it checked out, and it spread through the rest of his body and killed him. Wow! wow. I've never heard that. Yep. Yep. And I just thought it was the most outrageous choice. Jimmy wasn't. He wasn't tipped off with the questions before the show. <laughs> no, I was not. And, and the reason I know that one is I've been to the Jack Daniels Distillery and took the tour, and they they explained and they explain, that. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I should take the tour. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. All right. According to Wikipedia, 100 million people visited Tennessee in 2014, resulting in how much in tourism-related spending, okay? So um, was it A, 18 billion? Was it B, 500 million or half a billion? C, 1 billion or D, 9 billion? How much spending in tourism from 100 million visitors? 100 million visitors, and it was 18 billion, 9 billion... So I'll, I'll do it in order. One, it was, it was five hundred million would be the lowest. One billion, nine billion, or eighteen billion. Uh, one billion. Okay. Sounds good to me. 
Yeah, I'm going with one billion. It's eighteen billion. Wow. No way. Does that mean our taxes are going down? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so one hundred million visitors generated eighteen billion in yeah. revenue for the state. Yep. Not too wow. shabby. That's, That's a lot. That was a big good. number. That stood out. I was, that's uh, that made the cut as far as interesting. You should uh, for me. quiz your press people when you do a press conference <laughs> yeah. on that one. That'd be a good one to, to tease. Well, tourism and hospitality is a huge part of our economy, the whole state. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. All right, does any, this wasn't one of the questions, but does anybody know what the most visited national park is in the entire country? Smokies. Yeah. You know how about 11.3, um, 11.3 million visitors in 2016 compared to the second most visited would be what? Yellowstone. Close. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. With six million. Wow. Let's ask David a question. <laughs> you ready, David? Go, go for it. The second most visited private residence in the United States. Private res. Oh, gosh. What's the first? The White House. Okay. Uh, so- Elvis Graceland? Ding, ding, ding. Is it really? Second? That's impressive. Yeah. I figured it had to be something in Tennessee. So. Well played, Jalvis or Andrew Jackson, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Hermitages, they do a really good job out there. All right, another question, last one. When it comes to the state budget for 2017, name two of the top three expenditures. Ooh. Do we, is this multiple choice? No. Just, no. Wow, man, you're making this Jeez. hard. Okay, the, what, what the state of Tennessee spends the most money on. Well, education would be one. Okay. Yeah. Maybe infrastructure? As the other one? Wouldn't no? That probably wouldn't be listed that way. Okay. Um health care related health Medicaid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're we're on the right track. Yeah. Same thing. Think about the think about the federal uh yeah. federal spending. I mean health care and pensions. Yeah. Pensions. And pensions. education. Yep. Yeah. And and that and that and it really floored me because I looked at the numbers and just if you take pensions and healthcare together that was fifty two percent of the entire spending, and so as the baby boomers age, I, I'd assume that this could potentially create even more pressure um, as retirees are living longer, which means pensions are paying out over a lo- longer time frame, and then they'll require more healthcare and assistance. So what do you think about that? Um, wow, Mayor Dean, what do you think about that? Well, I think obviously healthcare has been. Uh, a huge part of the U.S. economy and, and a growing part of it, and healthcare costs for companies, governments um, have been increasing, and that's really one of the great challenges we face. And oh, yeah. obviously, that's the source of a debate that's going on in Washington right now. Really? <laughs> we had no idea what we should be doing with that. Right. I mean, I think one of the things that's important is to make sure we want to make sure as a society that is that people have access to health insurance, so they're able to. You know, take care of themselves and uh, get health care when they need it. Absolutely. And it's the same thing. I mean, pensions, when we're doing financial planning, pensions are really a dinosaur and a thing of the past, unless, you know, yeah. in, the, in the private sector. But I mean, as far as uh, you know, government pensions, but as far as uh, corporations, I remember when I did public accounting, um, I worked with a, a major airline and they had to cut their pensions in half because they had pilots retiring at, 50, at 52 who had worked there for 30 years and then life expectancies were 80, 85. So you hear that, you know, I was auditing the books and you'd see an employee from 30 years ago getting, you know, $150,000 pension, getting 70% of their salary. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's tough for any company and certainly for any, uh, for the government, any, everybody. Any government. Yep, absolutely. Um, we're about to take a break and when we come back, 
We're going to do a special interview with our special guest today, former mayor and gubernatorial candidate, Carl Dean. You won't want to miss this. Again, you're listening to Retire While You Work, back in a few. Hello and welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And before the break, we were speaking with former mayor and gubernatorial candidate Carl Dean about Nashville and its growth. Also had a little bit of fun with our Tennessee trivia. And now I'd like to spend a little bit of time and speak with uh, Mayor Dean. Um, tell us. So you've been an attorney, mayor, and now running for governor of this great state of Tennessee. How did you prepare for these changes in your professional life? Well, I mean, each one actually, to me, has seemed to be almost a natural progression. Um, You know, when I was in college, I wanted to go to law school. And, um, you know, the big thing there for me is I was went to college in New York City. And when I was looking at law schools, I was encouraged by the my college to look at Vanderbilt Law School, which I went to and so came down to Nashville in 1978 and the big thing that happened to me there is something that, again, were, um, was not planned. I met a woman who was in law school with me and um, a lot smarter than me. And she was a Nashville native. And so we fall in love and have you know, discussions. Right. About, Great story. Yeah, discussions <laughs> about where to live. And, um, you know, I, I live in Nashville. And so that's um, what got me to Nashville. And, and then practicing law was um, something I wanted to do. Um, I started out as a uh, public defender, an assistant public defender, which I uh, found very interesting. And then I ran for the office in 1990 and was reelected a couple times. And when I was um, in my third term as public defender, Mayor Bill Purcell just, had just gotten elected. And Bill and I were um, public defenders together during the 90s. And he asked me to leave being the elected public defender and become the city's director of law. And so I did that. So I worked in his administration. And then when Bill wasn't running for re-election, um, you know, I'd been I'd thought about running for mayor, and some people had mentioned it to me, and I decided this is probably the biggest <clears throat> decision I ever made in, in many ways. Uh, it was uh, I decided that, you know, win or lose, um, I wanted to do it, and that I'd feel worse if I didn't run. I'd regret it the rest of my life, and if I lost, you know, I'd be sad and you know, right. have a couple of bad months. But um, at I'd, least gave it a shot. Yeah, I'd be okay. Um, and so I ran and I won, and uh, loved it thoroughly. And then uh, for the governor's race, this is something I thought about very carefully. I left the um, mayor's office in September of 2015, and been teaching um, and went through a real deliberative process of trying to make this decision, and then made the decision after about a year and uh, decided to throw my hat in the ring. All right, well, we're glad you did. And a question I always wonder in any business, um, but you know, especially in yours, as a mayor, you know, were you able to have work-life balance? And then how do you see that balance shifting as governor? And what, you know, what tips do you have for us there? It's tough and Well, I think anything. <clears throat> particularly as, as mayor, um, it was – the demands on your time are 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 great, and and even having been around it, working for Mayor Purcell, it was greater than I expected. Because you you can do if you wanted to work every moment of the day or do keep yourself busy, you could do all the time. Of course, 
And then you have the demands of just actually uh, being involved in running the city and the decisions you have to make and the preparations you have to make. Uh, so I, I think I end, I worked longer hours, and I had to be very conscious about um, making time for family. And I got to give my wife credit for, uh, you know, she, she would make sure that happened, and uh, <laughs> and you know, and make sure that you took a vacation with your family and, and made that time. And then I think for me, another important thing in any of my jobs has been um, getting exercise. Um, I just find that if I get on a schedule where I can go to the gym, um, run or whatever, that I feel so much better. Absolutely. I'm the same way. So that's that's key to me. And I think one of the challenges I'm seeing in the governor's race where you are traveling a lot, I spend a lot of time in a car going to different parts of the state, um, is getting that exercise time and make sure that you you stick with it because you, you know, you're leaving early and then you get in these habits of, uh, you never know when you're going to eat, and you, then you get back in a car. And, and, and so you, it's more important than ever right now, I think, for me to kind of work that out, and I haven't got that totally figured out yet. Sure. Well, that's, I mean, that's a big part of this show, Retire While You Work. We've had um, health experts and bloggers and juicing experts and trainers on the show talking about ways to stay healthy, you know, till you're 80 or 85. Um, so tell us about your decision to make greenways and exercising a real priority during your time as mayor, because I know that was something. Yeah, so I'm a, so as I mentioned, I think, I think it's real important that, you know, health is more than just the debates going on in Washington or what happens here in Tennessee in the legislature. It's really about what we do individually about our own lives to take care of ourselves. And what I was always concerned about is, you know, we have a high levels of obesity in Tennessee, and particularly with kids, which and that really scares me. We need to be in a position where we're giving kids and adults the opportunity to get outdoors, get active. And so I think when you invest in things like parks and greenways, you're trying to make the healthy choice the easy choice. So if you want to bike, there's a safe place to bike, and we want you to bike. We want you to get that exercise. If you want to go for a walk, there's a safe place to walk. Um, and that's important. And so that's why you invest in the community centers that have exercise equipment. That's why you uh, build sidewalks. All those things are sort of related to helping make the city a healthier, happy place. I think people are happier, too, when they're doing activities yeah. together. That's Absolutely. so true. I was talking to um, some family yesterday, and we were talking about how, you know, our children, we would let them walk to school if there was a sidewalk to the school. It's it's, it's just something as simple as that. You know, we're not going to let our kids just walk on the street. Right. So, and it's those simple things that can make a huge impact, just making it part of your life. Actually, y'all have done a great job. I mean, you look at um, I mean, just Siobhan around our office, all the, Absolutely. the, you know, the park across the street from our office, Severe Park and the sidewalk around it. And now the, the bikes and yes. all the, you know, and then the greenways out through the gulch. On the and new uh, community center in Severe Park. Oh, and the, yeah, the, the community, community center. center. And then you can go and do actually, Zumba and do whatever yep, you want. A few there. bucks a day and people can, can go. And, and with and, the yeah. bikes, we even biked one day, what, from Severe Park all the way down, down off of Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. great just for a little team kind of planning day. So that's definitely improved. And well, that's, There are little things, too. You know, like when I was mayor, I would try to ride the bus to work as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And when you ride the bus, you don't get off right in front of your office like yeah, you do right. if you drive. And so you end up walking three or four blocks, five blocks. And it's really a, a better way to start the day because you're just getting out and you got to walk a quarter of a mile 
and see people say hello. You right. see the weather, and it kind of wakes you up and gets you moving before you go in to sit at your desk. It really does. It makes a big difference. Now, shifting gears a little bit, you know, while 2010 was tragic for the city of Nashville with the flood, looking back, it really seems like, and I remember this time, I mean, that it pulled the city together and created an environment for the city's growth um, that we've experienced. And you were mayor during the flood. Talk us through what it was like at that time, and, and do you think it was really a turning point for the city? Because I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I think, well, I think, number one, the, to me, the story of the Nashville flood will always be the response of the people in Nashville. I mean, they, they came together to help each other. They helped strangers. Um, they weren't complaining. They just wanted to get back up on their feet, and they wanted to help people who were down. And so we recovered faster than a lot of places, I think, would have. Um, and we were hurt. I mean, economically, it was a real hit to the city oh, in the middle of this deep recession. Oh, we yes. were hurt. But I don't think, you know, I think it would have set other cities back three, four, five years. We came out of that stronger in the sense that I think we felt we were united. We felt that uh, we could handle whatever's yeah. thrown at us and that we could do it with, we could do it together. And so, Although I would not wish to go through it again and wish Nashville doesn't have to go through it again, I would say we came out of that stronger than when we went into it. Right. And the morale was amazing. Yeah, great morale. And the the people in Nashville are are really special. I mean, that's that's what they, they gave back is this sense of optimism and spirit and let's get it done. And, you know, although we had great help from the federal government, we had great help from the state government. You know, the people in Nashville took a lot of the burden on themselves to get to get the thing handled. There wasn't that give up attitude at all. No, not at all. Everybody was, you know, yeah, it was impressive. Well, since no one obviously has unlimited resources, what items on the agenda would you allocate, you know, our financial resources as a state to achieve first? What are the priorities? Well, you know, I've as mayor and as uh, if if I'm governor, I I have pretty simple priorities. I think the most important thing for the state is continues to be public education. I mean that's going to make the difference for the state, and you know the states that's going to do are, the states that do well are going to be the states that attract and produce the most college graduates. Right, and we have to be a state that recognizes that a lot of young people are not going to choose to go to college, and if mm-hmm. they don't, we got to have great vocational programs, great technical programs, so they can have good jobs that pay well. Have a choice. Have a choice, and I think education is the most important thing we do. I'm a big believer from my experience as mayor, you know, where we worked really hard in economic development to help create jobs and to, get, and to spur on the economy, particularly during the recession, that we need to bring prosperity and jobs to every part of the state that we can. You know, there are certain parts of the state, rural areas, small towns that aren't doing as well as right. other areas. And I think we really need to work to, to make sure those areas are stabilized and prospering. Um, you know, a job is a great thing, and a job is probably better than any governmental program. It, it gets people, sure. uh, gives them pride, gives them a chance to, to improve their lives and to help their families. Great. Well, do you have your sights set on changing a specific part of how we're handling our budget currently? Is there like one? Well, I think the thing that I'm most concerned about right now, and I think is probably everybody in Tennessee is, is just this health care issue. Sure. I mean, there's health, what we do and to improve our health and to maintain our health, but there's real needs for people who don't have resources, for older people who are threatened because of a lack of health insurance, people who have pre-existing conditions, people who are changing jobs. Um, and I think that's going to be the critical issue that's going to have to be handled by the next governor. 
Well, thank you so much for your time today. We know you're busy, and we wish you uh, much luck on your quest to become the uh, governor of the great state of Tennessee. Great. So thank, thank you for you your time much. today. It was fun. And thank you all for listening to us. As always, you've been listening to Retire While You Work on News Radio 1510 WLAC. If you need to reach us during the week, give us a call at 615 435 3644 or visit us at retirewhileyouwork.com or come by and see our team in the historic 12 South neighborhood. We'd love to see you. Come say hello. Remember, life is short and there are many more important things to worry about than money. We certainly hope that this show helps. Thanks so much. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. David Adams Wealth Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC.